is Thursday night. Need a little bit more juice. Thursday night on Quite Frankly, August 10th. Happy birthday to anybody out there who has an August 10th birthday. It is 2023, 6.54 p.m. on the East Coast, and it's going to be a good night. In the first half of tonight's show, we are welcoming back a uh, welcoming back a guest that has not been on this show since 2021, and his name is Randall, King Randall, King Randall I. And uh, King is in the business of motivating and helping to inspire and shape and mentor young boys so they can turn into men and good, dutiful members of their communities and, uh, and to help reduce crime, to be able to raise consciousness and education and all that good stuff. And he has started a wonderful organization, a school for boys in, um, in Albany, Georgia. I remember that. Obviously, it's easy for someone like me to remember Albany. But uh, we have Randall on with us in just a little while, probably around 725-ish. And we're going to be spending just the first hour, uh, the rest of the first hour talking about what he's been doing the last couple of years, the, uh, the ups and downs and what the future holds, and just talk a little bit more bluntly about society and the future. And then in the second half tonight, I've got some great response that I knew was coming in from people in the email about last night's show with Mike Williams about the Beatles conspiracy. So I'll be reading through some of that stuff. We'll also be opening up the lines to see what comes through, um, what comes through just in general. And that's it. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good one. Some, we'll do some news right now. You can go and check out our sponsors, bluemonsterprep.com. Bluemonsterprep.com. Wonderful, wonderful place to go, especially if you are if you're doubling down on a little bit of home security. It's not all about um, it's not all about firearms, you know, which is a very essential part of home security. But there's other things that keep your your home secure. That is the ability to eat, the ability to drink water if um, if it's becoming a little bit more challenging to find clean water. We are talking about. The breakthroughs in public water filtration and purifying and all that stuff last night uh, in book club because the 1893 World's Fair was such a huge, huge engine for innovation for public health and all that stuff because the the technology that needed to be invented just to be able to make the vision of the World's Fair come to life. I've got a couple other things about that, too. But if you've been following along for the book club, then you've definitely been having, having a good time. It's everything that I said and more. And uh, there's, there's, uh, there's a little bit more on that end that we'll be getting to. But uh, in due time. For now, I want to welcome you all aboard. And if you've been watching on quitefrankly.tv, thank you so much. That is, that is just the, uh, the home for, the, for it all. But if you're watching on YouTube and Rumble, give us a hand. Actually, give us a thumb. That's all we need. A thumbs up from both of you guys, or if you if you want to bounce between both places to give a thumb in, in both places, that's great. That's a wonderful way to help the show grow. And other than that, hello to everybody on YouTube and Rumble and Twitch and DLive and Theta and Rockfin and beyond. One day there'll be more, but right now the 
just can't handle it with the bandwidth. We'll figure something out. Always trying new things. So, that's what we have. Tomorrow night, Matt is in studio with Tony Black. That'll be in the first half, and then we have some other things to get done in the second half. On Monday, August 14th, we'll go through some of the headlines. Then I want to start taking some deer scene calls. It's that time of year, and uh, I like these topics for this time of year, especially since we're we're starting to usher the summer out the back door, at, at least if you're above the Mason-Dixon line. It, it's You're starting to see a break, a little bit of a break. You know what's coming. The, the nighttime is a little bit more mild. might be a little damp, but it's a lot more mild than it has been. And then on August 15th, Tuesday, it's a shorter show because of band practice, but I got in touch with Timothy Alberino. I said, do you think that we can have a short, a nice terse conversation about what's going on in Peru and a couple of other theories that I'd like to add into the mix to see what you think about it? He goes, yeah, we can do it in 35 minutes. So it'll be a shorter show on Tuesday, the 15th, but I think it'll still be a good one. Uh, I'm also bringing on Diana Pasulka next week. She's the author of American Cosmic. Shane and Melody from Real Appalachia, Travel and Culture Night. And current events will be sprinkled in. You just never know what's going to break these days. The week after that, on Monday night, I asked I asked uh, Brooks Agnew if he would come on even for a half hour with me because I wanted to do a couple of things about nuclear technology. A lot of people out there who say that nukes don't exist. So I want to talk to him about that because I know that uh, that nuclear sciences and all that stuff is part of his forte. So I want to do that and a couple other things. Maybe even the moon landing. Ask him some NASA questions. Ask him why NASA lies so much. Who knows? Who knows what happens on Monday the 21st? But I'm getting ahead of myself because we have too much to do tonight. All right. There you have it. So first one up on the grab bag. Let's jump into that, shall we? Let me go over here. And boom. You might have heard about this. A man was killed in an FBI raid, another early morning, morning raid out there in Utah this time. After alleged threats against Joe Biden and other officials, the FBI shot and killed a man in Provo, Utah. Uh, this is one of their fav- the FBI's favorite things to do is to kill people. And then, um, of course, this happens. This, these headlines make, make way uh, right as we had another, uh, a Hamlin, another Hamlin arrested, a part of the, the Utah satanic ritual abuse case gotta talk to the zells about that sometime soon maybe they can pop in on a friday for five minutes or something and and give us the latest the fbi shot and killed a man in provo utah early wednesday while serving a warrant after he allegedly threatened to kill president biden and other government officials the agency said agents were serving an arrest warrant in uh, on craig d robertson Following his alleged online threats against Joe Biden, according to a 30-page felony complaint signed by a judge on Tuesday, the complaint included screenshots of Facebook posts allegedly made by Robertson, one of which he said, the time is right for a presidential assassination or two. First Joe, then Kamala. You know, I don't know too much about this. There it is, September. That's for the, uh, look, look at that. 
Craig Robertson, September 19th, 2022. The time is right for a presidential assassination or two. That's from 2022. It was so pressing that they waited until this week to go and talk to him. Then according to the complaint, Robertson posted on Monday, I hear Biden is coming to Utah, digging out my old ghillie suit and cleaning the dust off of the M24 sniper rifle. This is a uh, disabled 300-pound man. I'd love to see a 300-pound man in a wheelchair get into a ghillie suit. But apparently the FBI shooting happened at 6.15 a.m. local time. I'm sure Brian Stelter was there with his CNN camera. As agents were beginning to serve arrests and search warrants at home, according to the FBI's Utah spokeswoman, Sandra Barker, the FBI takes all shooting incidents involving our agents or tax force uh, seriously. In accordance with the FBI policy, the shooting incident is under review. And um, neighbors said, of course, they've been saying this just does not sound like him at all. He's a very sweet man, and they don't understand how this could have escalated so much. There's several neighbors that have posted videos that you can hear the audio of the man getting shot dead. I don't know what's going on there, but this is what we're being fed now. And... Of course, if the FBI committed to uh, deadly pre-dawn raids on non-celebrities, especially who made threats against Trump or anyone that they deemed in league with Trump, the Democrat National Convention next year would would be a little bare. It would be a little bare looking. Okay, wouldn't would, wouldn't be very well attended. Celebrity threats, on the other hand, forget about it. The strike would be over. All right, there would be no one left in Hollywood to strike. That's why, because they'd ho- they would have all have been shot dead at six fifteen in the morning by the FBI. Boy, the FBI loves killing people. They just love killing people. All right, so that's a little bit of the headlines out of Utah. Just a little bit of it. Like I said, there was a a big SRA arrest. Now this is in related news, actually. Just not from around here. Ecuador's outspoken anti-narco presidential candidate assassinated in broad daylight. Ecuador has declared a countrywide state of emergency for 60 days. The morning after presidential candidate Fernando uh, Villavicencio was gunned down at a campaign rally in capital Quito. Video of the assassination is widely circulating, showing an assassin firing multiple shots at close range while uh, Villa Vicencio enters his vehicle in a crowded street. He had just spoken at a high school before an audience of young supporters. When he stepped outside the door, he was met with gunfire, a member of Villa Vicencio's campaign team said of the candidate. There was nothing to be done because they were shots to the head. Villa Vincencio, a legislator in the National Assembly, has been tireless in speaking out against organized crime, drug trafficking, and government corruption. Among his talking points on the campaign trail has been that Ecuador is in an, is a narco state being led by the political mafia. Those are quotes. 
This is why, in the aftermath of his killing, it is being widely blamed on those very criminal elements. He was by far the most vocal candidate against the drug traffickers and corrupt dealings with the state. He was also a former investigative journalist, having years ago exposed government corruption and bribery deals related to the oil industry. The suspected gunman died in police custody after being wounded at the scene in a shootout with security personnel. The attack additionally injured nine people and two police officers. Now, this is what happens when you really, truly upset the apple cart. Especially in Central and South America and other places in the world, anywhere around the world. No one, A, no one gets to deal drugs in this world without our permission. That's number one. Number two, don't upset the apple cart, especially when it comes to the flow of money that keeps the real government in the world, not just locally and regionally, the real government running the world afloat, all right? Uh, Gladio, my friends, Gladio. That's all I'm going to say, Gladio. There's a long history, um, just a long history that's going on, so... Man, is this the, uh, is him getting shot? Oh, oh, this is him getting shot. Well, we're not going to watch that. Anyway, it's from the other side of the car. All right, well, let's move on to something else. A little bit more local news over here in New York. And uh, who center stage of the story? It's Lady Gaga's father. His, ma- his name is Mr. Germanotta. Well... Headline from New York Post, Lady Gaga's dad rallies New York City neighbors in a fight to manage unruly migrants at a hotel. Looks like Mr. Germanata over here needs Chuck Schumer to read him a page from Emma Lazarus's poem book, book of poetry, as if it's gospel again. Doesn't he know the blah, 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 give us your tired, your blah, 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 your poor, and your unruly? Doesn't he know anything about that? That that was the credo of America? Suddenly? Lady Gaga's dad is leading the charge against unruly migrants living near his Upper West Side home and restaurant, gripping uh, or griping. They're flooding the ritzy neighborhood with a constant stream of hookers and other bad behavior. Really? But what about the cuisine? I heard that the cuisine is amazing, that they're all chefs. If it was like this when my girls were growing up, I wouldn't be living in New York, said Joe Germanotta, 66, who was compiling a list of local residents' concerns to take to lawmakers, the NYPD, and the homeless services in protest. Well, what the hell is that going to do? What they, they're setting up a colony right now on Randall's Island. What is that going to do? It's funny. It's funny to see this happen. Too little too late, but it's still funny. Germanata has lived in the Pythian building on West 70th Street for 35 years. It's where he raises two daughters, including the Born This Way singer. He also opened up a restaurant in the community in 2012. About six weeks ago, the city quietly and quickly transformed the Stratford Arms Hotel, a residence hall for American Music, uh, Musical and Dramatic Academy, down the block from Germanata's home into a shelter for hundreds of migrants. It was a stealth operation. They were bust in the middle of the night. Like when they flew them into Westchester, they didn't want anybody to know what was going on, Germanata told the Post. At his West 68th Street restaurant, Joanne 
uh, Joanne Trattoria. Uh, Trattoria. Um, it's terrible tonight. You know, maybe he was always actually kind of... I don't know him. Uh, who does? We only just know what his daughter is into. But maybe... Um, maybe he's always known the time of day. Maybe he's always known the time of day. I, I guess people are speaking out now once they get to their neighborhood. Isn't it... That, that's the most uh, common thing there, right? You know, everybody has their... Their live and let live attitude until they realize they can't live the way that they used to live before, and then this happens. But you you know you never know. He is just one man shouting into the wilderness, even though he's a man with a famous last name. Since the arrival of the migrants, the restaurateur said the quality of life in the area has taken a hit, with impromptu block parties outside the hotel that last into the early mornings. Get used to that, my friend. Get used to it. They don't stop for shit. Wait, wait until they wait until they bring in the ten thousand trampolines. I mean, that's just the music. There's gonna be music and trampolines all night. Everybody bouncing on trampolines like it's the first time they ever seen them. <laughs> you wait. Oh, you wait. <laughs> oh, let's see what else. Uh. Uh, they hit with impromptu block parties, prostitution, kids getting cat, kids getting catcalled, and reckless e-bikes and motor scooter drivers wreaking havoc on one-way streets. There's now 500 migrants living in that dormitory. That's when all the mayhem began," said Germanata. Now I don't know. I don't. I don't think that anybody is. They're not being issued motocross bikes at the border. When they're, you know, recycling our grandparents' social security numbers. I don't think that that's happening. Um, but, I, so I, I think maybe he's he's taking an opportunity to talk about, yes, there's a lot of bad things going on with this latest wave of invasion. But uh, it's, it's, it's more so the ones who have been here for a while, too, still don't care about assimilation, don't care about community involvement and having any kind of consideration for people around them there's there's always that there's always that i think this is going to be an opportunity uh, an umbrella under which people can say what they've always wanted to say but can just blame it on the new arrivals anyway kids getting cat called there's 500 migrants here that's the horrible thing hookers are coming and going in the mornings, you see prostitutes coming out of the building. The worst part is at night, the noise. It starts around 10 o'clock. It'll go until about 4 in the morning. Playing music, racing their motocross and motorbikes up and down the street. He says uh, girls as young as 14 are getting catcalled, and residents are verbally abused. Oh, I know. I know. I remember one. Uh, I, I, I'm not even going to say it. Not even going to say it. But I already told you about this. Uh, on Monday talking with friends about other friends of ours who are cops around here that actually left all together because they can't stand not being able to do their job that they can lock somebody up the same person, especially the non-citizens, same person over and over again and they can't be held there's no bail, nothing like that and it's not just DUI property uh, damage and violent behavior, assault theft, things like that 
But when it comes down to sex crimes, especially those that are involving children, when they get in touch with ICE about these really terrible felonies, they're pretty much told, yeah, we'll get around to it when we can. And uh, that that has prompted a lot of people just to leave the job. Some have gone to join Border Patrol because they realize that's where the real front of the war is. And uh, everything else is, yeah, you want to call the cops because the the music is loud? Good luck. Good luck. And it's not going to be confined to around here because they're only going where the food still is. And, yeah. All right. Here's another thing I thought was interesting. Here's another thing I, I got uh, I got to say. This is from the Ukraine front. I don't know when this was. I think this was like the last night, the night before. It's a minute on CNN where Anderson Cooper is letting some uh, interesting things slip on the air about, about the war, at, at least at this juncture. Take a listen to this. The forces invaded. It was understood they outnumbered and outgunned Ukrainian forces. So when Ukrainian troops managed early on to roll back a good deal of that invasion force, hopes were initially high they could quickly finish the job. It's not worked out that way. And now new... Of course, that wasn't true either, but, but, but here we go. Reporting tonight that there's growing concern among Western allies about Ukraine's counteroffensive and its fate. So what are you hearing from your sources about what they believe Ukraine's prospects are right now? A, a markedly negative term, Anderson, and these are sources I've been speaking to since the start of the counteroffensive, but even going back to the, to the start of the war. And expectations of this counteroffensive were quite high going back just a few weeks ago. But in recent weeks, as Ukrainian forces have encountered really intense Russian defenses in the east and the south, three lines of of defensive lines, defensive belts, as they're known, with trenches, as you're seeing there, tens of thousands of mines, Ukrainian forces have not proven able to break through those lines. They've encountered staggering losses, I'm told, both in terms of killed in action and wounded in action. And Ukrainian commanders in response to that understandably have pulled back some of those units to, uh, to, to save some of those casualties. And, and while even a few weeks ago the hope was that over time they'd be able to break through, more recently the assessments both on this side of the Atlantic but also in Europe have been that they, they don't quite see the opportunity. So uh, that, that hope has faded, not entirely faded, uh, but, but it has certainly become a much less uh, hopeful outlook for their prospects for success and gaining back significant territory. Right. Well, um, I'm happy that this is being said. I, I wonder now that, that they're saying this out loud um, because overseas in Ukraine, it continues to go the only way it always has been going for NATO. Not for Ukraine, for NATO, and and that's badly. Now, if Anderson Cooper is saying it out loud and allowing other people to say it out loud too, maybe is there something? What is shifting here? Is there something shifting? Is it just an aberration, a one-off? I don't know. I got to say, admitting this much at least is something that's in a in a limited sense positive because the most dangerous thing I have been assessing throughout this entire this entire ordeal is the lies about success in the face of failure because that reeks of a setup. Why do you continue to let people think that things are going well out there if you're not setting us up for some kind of predetermined catastrophic end uh, of which you control all of the all the cards and, and the day of execution? What, what, what is it? So at least uh, hopefully we'll see a little bit more honesty but um, 
I don't know the catastrophic losses, all that stuff. That has Forces been invaded. It was very well known for a long time here, and this whole summer counteroffensive has been a complete disaster. Nothing good coming of it. The only uh, the only major operations that have actually been completed on behalf of NATO are all of the the bridge bombings. Oh, pretty much all the explosions that are too controversial to claim credit for are the only things that NATO have been able to pull off in the last year. That's it. Those are the only things that they've been able to pull off in what they believe is a success are all the things that are too controversial to actually claim as their own doing. So whether it be a dam or bridges or a pipeline, whatever the hell it is, uh, those are the only things that they say, yes, mission successful. But of course we need to deny it because we shouldn't be doing this. That's all this is. Anyway, all right, let's get started, shall we? We'll be right back. King Randall's coming on. Have a nice uh, inspirational talk with him, and then the rest of the show will be lines open and seeing what comes out of you guys and gals. So don't go anywhere. Hey there. Are you having a bad day? That's all right. Just remember, fucking get over it. Stop being weird. and stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Okay. Summertime. I don't want that. Okay. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for being here on this Thursday night. Really in a groove on a Thursday. Always, always feel like a good flow on a Thursday after the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday heavy lift be more goodness tonight all right so back in 2019 i learned and many of us started learning about the wonderful outreach community outreach programs that people like uh king randall were starting to say you know uh, let's look inward here let's let's start this is all part of the, the the greatest awakening i think we've all been going through especially in this country is how do we look inward for our solutions because obviously centralizing control, centralizing culture, you know, just, just trying to wipe out every regional 
identifier and everything that can be done locally, that doesn't work. Only makes it worse. And then we start seeing the rise of people who are out there just doing great things locally, but getting international, national, all types of attention and therefore starting really momentous waves of inspiration for other people to start acting. And here's one of the, uh, the, I think, the greatest, the greatest examples of that in the last couple of years, and that is King Randall. Here, let's go back to 2019 real quick. This was the initial news, the news piece that went viral. And everyone was just like, wow, i got to learn more into this, and what can I do like this around me? Take a listen. A group of Albany kids are keeping their hands busy in positive activities this summer. They're attending a boot camp for boys, teaching them how to become men. WLB News 10's Asia Wilson tells us about a new organization called The X for Boys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In the midst of all the violence in southwest Georgia, 20 boys in Albany are lining up every day this summer for a military-style boot camp. We all gonna be becoming a man over this summer. The yes, camp sir. is developing young boys between ages 11 to yes, 17 into men over the next eight weeks, and that's the goal. The importance of this is to develop discipline and spirit. On um, discipline and spirit, to me, are the hallmarks of a man. And the man behind the boot camp is only 19 years old himself. It's important because it's way cheaper to be able to eat from what God gave you, right? Yes, sir. Hey, C's only like 75 cents. You understand? Yes, sir. Hey, you can buy this whole world, right? Yes, sir. Randall is planting seeds in one boy at a time, teaching them about their culture, how to work on cars, build roofs, and how to become businessmen by working in a community garden. He recently started. So that a man should know how to do um, so we can become better people not not just for ourselves but for this, the community an army of good young citizens are in the making thanks to this mentor who decided to step up and give back at the beginning of summer to be honest none of us were men at the end of summer we all gonna be men in Albany Asia Wilson WAOP there you have it. Well, hey, and, and just a little bit more on that. So this was on. This was back in 2019. Um, the link to all of the link to all of King Randall's work is in the description of the of the episode. The X for Boys. The X for Boys dot org mentorship. Uh, we just read. We just did the the news clip over here. Doesn't do no charging students or parents or anything like that. He's taught these young men how to change tires, how to tie ties, how to how to respect themselves, women, how to just en enrich the community. And it's just. I mean, this is what we everybody needs to be doing all over the place. And he's inspiring that kind of action all over the place, which is why I wanted to bring him back after a couple of years. King Randall, how you doing, man? Doing excellent, sir. How are you? Dude, you know, the last time we spoke, first of all, I, when I went back to go look at the, the episode that you were on, I was mm -hmm. thinking, okay, this is going to be a 2019 talk. It was 2021. I was like, they, it seemed so much longer. Yeah. But, <laughs> but even then, you were 19 when you started this. What are you now, 23, 24? Yeah, I just turned 24 about two weeks ago. Yep. Happy birthday. That's great. That, it's really wonderful, man. I, so it's great to have you back. A lot has happened since 21, and um, now I would just like you know, when we last spoke, I remember at the time you were just starting to scout out some locations, physical locations for your school. Where were you conducting the school, the camp, all these activities prior to, and then tell us about the actual finding of what would eventually be your location to build. 
Sure. Um, I started out at my home to begin. Um, I started at home uh, in 2019 when I began the organization. It started as an after-school uh, summer camp type program, and I realized so many of the children uh, did not know how to read and write. I um, mean, they were in the local school system, and and you know, long story short, that's why I came up with the idea to open us a, a school. Um, I didn't know where I was going to get the funds from or anything, but. That's, you know, that's what I decided to do. I wanted to open up, open us up a school. I told the boys that at the time. And, you know, we have big boy faith, as I call it. And we made that happen. And so, you know, fast forward to now, um, we uh, we operate uh, out of three buildings here um, at our headquarters. This is our office building. And we have our actual school campus, which is maybe about a mile away. Um, it's about 41,000 square feet, 25 classrooms, wow. basketball gym, etc. Uh, we have everything, and then we also own 40 acres, which is about maybe two, three miles away from here. Um, so we actually, you know, uh, want to build out an actual new campus on that 40 acres one day. Um, that's the goal eventually. But right now, we're in a school campus um, over there, and we want to turn that school campus into our middle grades education, and we want to turn a new campus into high, uh, higher grades education. So I got about two years until our students uh, get into high school, and I think we'll make that happen ahead of time. That's incredible. Hey, the growth is just incredible. It really is, and and um, you know it's one of those things where nothing nothing can stop a uh, an idea whose time has come, and the, the, yes. it, you can just tell you you struck a chord. I'm glad you brought that up about middle education. I want to talk about reading and writing with you, but I, I sure. but since you brought it up, I want to get on that. I coach. Well, I've coached uh, uh, youth baseball over here in New York. I haven't done it since since the end of the 2019. How young? I was doing 12U, so it was the okay. youngest I would have would be 10 years old if they moved up early. So I'd have them from 10 to 12, and um, and it, it was fantastic. For 16 years, I coached, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, COVID kind of put. I, I wasn't going to do it in a mask, so I haven't done it since 2019. But still, I'll tell you. In the two and a half years that I would have those those children under me in the uh, on on the the team there, they age out quick. They go up to the next level, and you know I always love seeing how they come back at you know age 13, 14, 15. They want to come back. They want to help run practices. They want to coach themselves. You can tell how it's really stuck, but they always yes. move on. What is the age out for you at the moment? Like, who ages out of your program at the time? Do you ever say you're too you're too young or too you're too old? What's the bracket right there? I do have a too young right now. Um, the only younger children that I take are my own biological children. Um, they are four and uh, two. Um, Baby King turns five in January, and William turns three in May. Um, so those are the babies that I have, um, but they will always attend uh, my school. So we're actually going to get maybe about four to five uh, different classmates for Baby King because he's about to go to kindergarten next year. Um, so I want him to have classmates also. But our program is ages 11 to 17. Um, but I don't necessarily do an aging out thing per se. I have 18-year-olds that will be 17 and turn 18. You can't come at 18. But you could do, turn 18 if you if you understand what I'm saying. Right. Um, and I have 19, 20-year-olds. I have students who graduated high school that I've been working with uh, since I began the program. They've graduated high school. They've gone to college. They come back and trying to help me with, you know, some of the younger kids because they know how it is. And they're just like, man, Mr. King, this was us a couple of years ago. <laughs> like, this was us doing the high knees and the push-ups and everything because we didn't know how to get it together. Now, I can see from your perspective, you know, trying to get us to do the right thing and 
I've even had kids who may not uh, who move too far away, and they just call back and just like, man, everything you was trying to tell us and show us, man, it's it's important. Um, but yeah, I don't necessarily do an aging out thing. I don't want to age out, and I'm almost wanting to create uh, some type of fraternity type deal. Wonderful uh, for our boys to join um, as they get older because they do need their own like. Uh, you know, click of men that they could, you know, reach out to, et cetera. The boys who've been the extra boys, who've been the life preparatory school for boys, they could, you know, talk to each other like, hey, I was, you know, I'm a new member and, you know, you know, just building bridges with each other across the, the nation because they're going to go different places and do different things. And I want them to be able to communicate with each other still. And we still have, you know, our boys together. So um, I definitely do plan to create something like that. Um, in the future, not right now, obviously, because we're trying to make sure we get the school all the way together. But um, that's something I do want to do because I don't necessarily want to do an aging out because you're not a full adult until you turn 25. That's when the decision-making part of your brain is finished developing. Right. Uh, so that's what I believe. Oh, well, you know, I, I, it's just that when I when I see a story like this, I connect with it in a in a big way because you know I I love baseball. That's number one, and I my I son, want my son is very good. My four-year-old, he's amazing at baseball. Oh man, well you know it's 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 too bad uh, it's too bad. The the we're we're like seven hundred miles away from each other because I'd love to I'd love to to come by and do clinics I would I would still love to do that stuff I would still bring Baby King up he has some um he's doing private coaching already like he's exceptionally good at four um because that's what he actually wanted to do like he wanted to play and so like him out there they put him like with the five and six year olds because he's actually good like he's actually good at it so I get him private training um already and he's already exceptional at it so I just let him. Let him play. That's and wonderful. Do his thing, but I wouldn't mind coming up to you guys and we could oh, do a little. That'd be that. Oh, turn maybe like seven or eight or something. I think that'll be. Anytime, fun. A- anytime you are in the the New York tri-state area, you let me know. I'll get in touch with all my friends at the league. I'll make sure that we can get the entire uh, field set aside for us. Whatever the hell. But the reason sure, why I, yeah. the reason why I brought it up is because I got into that in 2006 because yeah, I loved the 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 uh, the game, but I also wanted to do community service i wanted to mentor children and um and i'll always remember that first class of boy oh i had a couple of girls there too but that first class of children so when i look at your 2019 uh news coverage there i wonder you know what that first class of boys are doing right now i have i have a couple of kids that are veteran members of the police force around here now so one of them one of them pulled me over a couple of months ago because i didn't have a seatbelt on i said you serious right now oh yeah so I, I, i wonder about those first class of boys how they're all doing it's great that they're still in touch with you yeah, um, I got some, you know, who I hadn't heard from since then. I got some who've been in the entire time. Um, I got some that will come periodically, you know. Uh, but from that first group, just from off top of my head, from Gabe to my brother, uh, to Rakeez, Dakaria, those, those, that's like my OG crew, I call them, um, my OG boys. Um, I see them there in band in the high school now. A lot of them were in, like, early middle school at the time, and, you know, they're in high school playing in the band and doing different things. And nice. They come in and out with the after-school program, and I got the ones who are older. Um, they still keep in touch with me via social media. Um, I follow them, make sure they're, you know, posting what they're supposed to be posting and whatnot and what have you. And um, they do keep up with me, still ask me questions and things like that. So even though some of them, you know, have gone, some of them have moved, they still stay in touch with me, and, and that's, you know, something that I love because I just like, you know, you guys will always have me. If you see me one time, you got me for until the end of time. You know, as long as you treat me right, I treat you right, and um, that's that's what we keep. We keep a, a bond like that. Absolutely. I like that. That's, that's that's honor right there. That's something you can't really teach. You just got to. 
you got to you got to demonstrate it naturally. And you know, I, I'm wondering because I, I had a bigger I had a question about how since the last time we spoke. Obviously, you are starting to build a larger campus and a network of facilities and property. It's wonderful. So I, I wanted to know how the school programs themselves has enrolled. Like, what are you doing? What's your forte still? Like, what, what kind of programs are you putting in there? Um, especially on reading and writing. Start with reading and writing. What is it about, you said, the children that you're, you're working with, the boys you're working with, many of them, they're, they're in school, but quite a few of them, don't know how to read or write. So you're stepping in and trying to fill the gaps and, and, and filling in for what the schools have been delinquent in doing. What, where do you think you have succeeded where schools have, have failed as far as just teaching basic reading, writing? Um, what have you done that has worked where they haven't? Well, I'll say uh, for the most part, the, the kids need uh, true consistency and boys need an area and a place where they can grow uh, on their own. Um, boys need a specific learning environment, all boys. They all need a specific learning environment to, to thrive. And I don't believe that the public school environment is fit for a boy, uh, especially not a growing teenage boy. They need a consistency. Um, they need to be able to learn in the way they learn. They need to be able to move around. They need to be able to play. Um, for example, like our kids, when they come you know, in the mornings uh, for school and they get their laptops, I allow them to go sit where they want to go sit. You know, I allow them to go just do their thing like and you know within the bounds of good taste of course but you know i allow them to go sit wherever go sit in the corner go sit there go sit here you know some come sit at my desk whatever works for you is whatever's going to make you you know build the best you know resume build the best grades whatever whatever works for you and then we have in-person tutors that come tutor um come tutor them uh during the day um we also have them work with them when they're doing their school work um, even my son, my son has his own teacher. So my son, my oldest son, he's already reading, writing, doing multiplication, subtraction. Again, he's four, you know, but this is true consistency that they need to see. Um, and I believe any kids should be able to do the things that our students do. And then we hone in on uh, automotive repair, general contracting. These things are not to just for them to know how to do, but these are ways for me to show them that there are other ways to make funds other than rapping, playing basketball, playing football. Like, I want them to see that there are so many different areas for them to go. We take them to different CEOs. We bring people to them, et cetera, from different professions who look like them because they don't think that black people do cool stuff. And I'm just like, no, it's black people that do cool stuff all the time outside of rapping, playing football and basketball. Like, they are lawyers, doctors. They have companies, et cetera. So I try and take them to go see people that look like them that do cool things outside of those things. But, of course, you know, that's what I believe the system set up to do. Um, it's it's set up to make them feel like that's the only thing they can do and they can't amount to anything else and we showed them possible um, That's what many boys need to see all boys need to see possible and once they get a chance to see possible They thrive and that's what we provide even traveling um, our kids Some of them had never been on their first flight before never had even been outside the city of Albany We live in Albany, Georgia. It's two and a half hours south of Atlanta many of our students took some of their only trips with us they've been on planes with us they've been out of town with us we have grown adults who live here who've never been outside of city limits and that can can really hurt you especially as a teenager or a kid when you haven't seen that a building is big or yeah. the ocean is big they have to see these things so providing all of these different experiences etc for our kids this is why they thrive and this is why we're working on trying to figure out what we can do to get more kids because we 
in our school we only have like nine students but in our after school program we have about 50 to 60 but i'm trying to get to a point where i'm able to afford um our boarding school because our boarding school is free so we don't charge a dime for anything they stay with us uh light pills uniforms haircuts food etc it's all free and we we survive literally off of donors i raise money online i do fundraisers all the time and that's how we're able to take care of our students but um, we're in the process of trying to figure um, out how to open up our next few businesses that we're about to open to help sustain us and also provide the boys with jobs. So we have things working right now, but this is what our school is providing outside for just different from the public school system. And this is why our students are able to thrive and unlike they were able to in the public school system. So after this year, um, our first year was last year. After this year, we'll have a, a standing um, comparisons um, for people to be able to look at for this is how they were when they first got to us this is where they are now this is where they're progressing because this is what we want people to see that the school is actually working mm. especially when you get down to things little things like uh being the, being able to sit in on interviews to watch an interview process get through you know i had a quite yep. my, my my uh my my wife even just texted this to me as she's watching and she's wondering i mean because we have you know, we have uh, a lot, a lot of people in our lives that would benefit from stuff like this. Is this, uh, I, you know, I obviously this started with your commitment to your hometown, to, to Albany, Georgia. But now that you you have years under your belt, and obviously the vision is growing, what is your what is your policy on out of towners, people who are boys who are in similar uh, positions, um, but they're just not from Georgia. Uh, you know, it's a, a boy that's in a complete similar position as anybody in Albany, Georgia, but say they're from, you know, New York or Massachusetts. Uh, is there is there ever going to be a time when you're opening up three-day weekend events for people to, you know, boys to fly in and feel that camaraderie and get that shock to the system. And uh, what about that for out-of-towners? So that's what, what I'm working on because right now uh, for the school, we're just taking, you know, students from around the town, et cetera, that we could, you know, take. But um, right now I've been working on, you know, for this year, trying to figure out for the next year and the, the year after is how we could take more students from, out of town and i've also been um working on potentially getting some virtual classes uh for boys out of town that i could talk to them on a weekly basis even if they haven't met me before um where i could talk to them you know and do uh things like our conflict corner i'm not sure people have ever seen our youtube um but if you go on our youtube um you can see conflict corner conflict corner is where i sit down and talk to the boys they tell me about their life problems whatever i give advice whatever just you know me talking to them you know normally like not like i'm giving an interview now but like talking to them how we talk here in south georgia just regular you know guy to to boy type talking um and also doing bible study with them uh, we do that with our students also as well as our after school program i've been working on trying to get virtual done but i do want to figure out how i'll be able to take um out of town kids i do want to do that the furthest we've gone up from out of town is, you know some kids from florida and um just a little bit closer but for our summer camp um i didn't do summer camp this year because i had done summer camp every year before that and this was my first year doing the boarding school for summer camp we do boarding also and i had had no break you know from when school opened to the end and i wanted yeah. to give that summer to you know my kids and and just give myself a break to kind of get this year started but uh next year i'm going to figure out what i could do or possibly the year after what i could do to get uh kids from everywhere 
um, to be able to join. And I'm sorry if I'm looking down. I'm actually looking at the comments uh, on the YouTube. Oh no, 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 no problem. I, it's, and there's it's not even just the YouTube. There's people. There's a lot of people watching on Rumble and D Live and all over the place. So this is a oh good. Oh yeah, it's a this this is a great show. And I I knew this was always going to be good. But you know, the other thing that's really going in your favor there too is that you are not only inspired and you're you're really just doing what your what your heart is is doing. Obviously, you're very spiritual, uh, religious man and it's uh and that's uh keeping you focused as well and i love that you keep that you bring that into the curriculum because you know a lot of the a lot of the problems that we have in society is that there really is no tether to anything that can be considered a a moral grounding you know especially when it comes to religion um i'm a christian as well and it's uh it's very it's important, and you can definitely see how over time it degrades the ability for the ground to even be fertile for something like this. But the other thing that's going in your favor is that, especially since COVID, uh, everybody has been rethinking, has been rethinking uh, education. Homeschooling is exploding. Trade school, um, trade school interest, people that are looking into just acquiring and honing skills instead of going off to college for four to eight years, whatever, that's exploding as well. So um, you, you're, really in a, you're really doing some great work in a time where the, the, the whole outlook on this in, in how, how we can really uh, rejuvenate the roots of the nation, which, of course, the, the roots of any nation is their, their children, uh, it's really just being rethought, and, and you're right there in the mix of it. Yeah, um, I mean, I do believe in training replacements. That's what I say all the time because eventually, you know, the, the older generation has to go, you know, my generation has to go, and we have to, you know, raise up our replacements. They're going to be new senators, new policemen, uh, you know, new doctors, new lawyers, whatever, and we want to make sure that, you know, we have a, a good impact on them. And also, they're going to control the type of society we live in when we turn 60 and 70 years old. Like, you know, they're going to control the society at the time. And what would society look like if we didn't raise and train our replacements? Uh, and for those asking uh, how to donate, uh, you can go to thexforboys.org. That's T-H-E-X-F-O-R-B-O-Y-S.org uh, to just look at everything on our website. And we don't just take uh, monetary funds you could donate on the Amazon wish list. You could send our boys letters. People send us stuff sometime. Um, everything's there uh, for you guys to look at videos, pictures, whatever. It's all oh, there on our letter list. writing. That is, a, tell me, you you teach them how to, are they writing in cursive? Number one, are you teaching them cursive writing? Uh, not yet. No, we just, oh. like, it's the first year. We just like, uh, that's going to be good. For one, you know, getting them back to writing in general was a problem because in school they're on laptops and tablets yeah. all day they aren't writing anymore at all so to tell you some of the children write like they're in first kindergarten like they're they write like my son like he like a four-year-old i got high i had high schoolers in after school writing like they are in kindergarten i believe never it written anything and those who can write a little bit they writing like they text messaging or, or they're writing like they're tweeting and i'm like son like that is not how we do so we have a rule, and I think every parent who's watching should have this rule, too, if your child has a phone, even though they shouldn't have a phone. Your child has a phone. Mandate, and you just should just do it in general, that everybody texts in complete sentences, use proper punctuation, and use proper spelling. I do that to make sure all of my students, my siblings who, you know, I take care of and, you know, my kid's mom or whatever, like, I make everybody text me in complete sentences and write words, write punctuation and everything, you know, within the bounds of good taste, of course, but 
literally down to I make sure everything's spelled right. No, don't spell that like that. That's wrong. You know, that's no, we correct each other when we're texting, etc. Because it's creating an environment where they start writing like they text, and it's a problem. Um, so it's it's like trying to even get them back into writing normally first, then going into okay, now we're writing cursive. You know, so it's like baby steps. I man. I got a I got a I got a a, a real quick uh, story for you. So it's another baseball story. I was writing on a lineup card one day. It was mm-hmm. a Saturday afternoon. I I told this kid uh, th- this kid Nick on my he was one of the. Out of the 13 kids, he's like one of two kids that went to private school. I said, Nick, mm-hmm. here, I'm going to dictate this to you, and you just write out, write out the line-out card for me. He started writing it in cursive, which, of course, at that point is already very rare. I, t- yeah. I, 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 I swear to you, Rand, uh, King, he is, he's being circled by all of his teammates. They're watching him write in cursive as if he's writing in Egyptian hieroglyphics. They could not understand. They're like, what is this? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I said, is, is he the only one? Yes, it is. It's all over the place. And uh, yeah. it's right. I, I learned how to do it in, like, second grade, man. Like, they, that's what I learned how to do. Even though my I don't have good penmanship. I, didn't, I never had good penmanship. Uh, like, I, I can't write nicely at all. But uh, I can write in cursive. And even though that's sloppy looking, too. But... I know how to do it, um, and I have to concentrate. Like if I'm trying to write, you know, I really have to like really do it. It's that's not, uh-uh. but other than that, yeah, man, that we learned that growing up. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't understand, you know, what's happening. Well, I do understand what's happening. I mean, everything in the public school system is being done uh, in a system and on purpose. Because I mean, what would it benefit, you know, the government to teach? kids what they actually should need to know yeah but how to benefit them but to your to your point before whether it be mentorship big brotherhood or fatherhood um this is a you are forced to improve yourself if you take the task seriously you are forced to improve everything that is weak in yourself because you need to be able to impart at least a foundational understanding to a, a a new person and you know i was um I just think it's really it's really mutually beneficial for everybody, the teacher and the student in that respect. But you know, this uh, this past June, I saw I saw what well, you had tweeted about a pretty devastating act of vandalism with the school. Uh, d- d- mm-hmm. You you caught people in the act of breaking in. What happened here? Uh, so during our uh, summer program, we did I did do a week of summer camp um, this year. I just didn't do a full two months like usual. I just did one week. Um, I had went and looked, checked on our school building on that Sunday because um, the city of Albany, they put us out of our school like in like November after a storm came through and they deemed it unsafe, even though it really wasn't. But of course, it was me. Uh, me and our city government don't have the best relationship in the world, obviously. But um, but anyway, I went to go check on our school building because I we, we go play basketball um, in the basketball gym, of course, uh, for recreation. And, you know, when I went to check on the building, everything was fine. Um, and, you know, I just go check on it, you know, just to make sure. And on um, that Wednesday, we get there to go uh, uh, play basketball after we had left our uh, construction workshop. And uh, the back window was broken. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, but we had had a situation before where somebody bust a window in the back and nothing happened. Um, I was there at the time anyway. And uh, we got a square, but that was like months ago. Like that was like over a year ago or whatever like that. And um, anyway, I, I, so I opened the door and the first thing I see is everything's everywhere. When I said everything, everything, doors ripped off hinges, uh, sinks on the floor. I mean, it's, it's insane. Toilet smashed. 
And so um, as I walking through, you know, I um, I um, me they ripped the sink out of the wall. Listen, I'm I'm walking through the 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 building, and um, I'm just in complete. I couldn't get angry or anything. I'm just like, what in the hell? Like I'm just like, what is happening here? And so my students was with me, and then I heard movement in the facility. And so I told my, you know, my my students to go back to the the van outside, and um, but my older students wouldn't leave. They were just like, nah, we right here. And I was like, whatever. All right. So um, I pulled my firearm out, and um, I'm walking through um the facility, and um, I catch them in there or whatever, and I uh, held them at gunpoint. I called the police. They got there. I don't know. I have never seen police get anywhere any faster, but. For the first time in history, they got in like 20 seconds. I swear to God, it was like eight cars. They got there super fast. Um, I was still on the phone with the, the dispatcher, like trying to tell them what was going on. They was already out there, but um, they came and arrested them. And and as I go through, like just looking at everything, I mean, it's it was crazy. I mean, ripped sinks out the walls, ripped doors off hinges, tore up our uniforms, destroyed our school logo, like what, our main. Do you know the motivation? Picture. You know the motivation? I don't have any for you. But, you know, I mean, they stole a few things, of course. Some things were taken. But to there's a difference with robbery and, and destruction. You know, like, I could come rob your place, but I'm not in there, like, you know, smashing up your toilets and, and you know, just stupid stuff. I'm just in there to steal your things, you know. But to come and destroy, I mean, it seems personal. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, ripping up our uniforms and destroying our school logos and taking our pictures off the wall. Um, they threw a painting of me that somebody painted of me and they painted in California and shipped it to me. Um, they, it was in an alley like two blocks away. Um, I mean, it was it was insane. It was it was stuff everywhere. So, glass, every every piece of glass in the school was shattered. Like there was not one thing that was glass that wasn't shattered. Um, you had the the one of the offices downstairs glass shattered all the fire extinguishers glass shattered uh everything it was it was insane i could keep going did did the uh people tell you who put them up to it or whatever you know i i have to imagine that you said just the nature of it it seems personal and i know that you get a lot of pushback for not just local pushback i know that on the internet because i i followed you for a couple of years now and we've uh we've been acquaintances and i just pay attention i know i know that you get a lot of pushback from from people all over the place because i mean you are at odds with everything that is endorsed by mainstream culture you're not teaching victimhood or inferiority you're not promoting a race war you talk about the pushback that you get from people and organizations who are still lost in the programming all the yep. time is this really um is this something that has uh, gained more traction or do you think that you are converting a lot more people changing hearts a lot more than than uh, anything else i mean I, th- I believe we're changing the regular people and i don't even think that the regular people are even against it, it- it's the powers that be in trying to convince regular people like like, for example, when we got into it with our local school system, um, when we were trying to purchase one of their buildings that was up for demolition, we got into it with them and, you know, he had a big falling out and they were writing newspaper articles about me and doing news interviews, telling people I was lying about stuff and blah, blah, blah. And even though everything, I'm, I'm super transparent with everything, so it was, like, hard to say, but, I mean, people were writing all type of nasty things about me in our local paper uh our um local social media pages like i mean it was insane uh the amount of um just 
horror that I got for for maybe like two three months. They were like digging into my personal life and and trying to find my address. And I mean, it was insane. And all I've ever done, you know, in this community is is do stuff for free. Like I don't never charge for any events I have or nothing. Like it's everything's free. Giving away bicycles, free haircuts, whatever. I, everything that I do is free. We do free breakfast for the neighborhoods. That I've never charged for anything. Uh, so it, it it was kind of disheartening at that time. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I've gotten plenty of pushback for some of the things I may say, um, especially in regards to some of our churches and things like that. But here we are, you know, um, yeah. you know, a, a prophet is hated most in his hometown. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, and no and, and no good deed goes unpunished, as yeah. they say. But, you know, I, I, I think that when you find that pushback, when you find those central nerves and you get that kind of reaction, that's when you really know that you're. You're you're doing something big and you're exercising demons. It's it's really just what you're doing. Um, so uh, getting away from that, which is obviously a, uh, a one of the bigger challenges of the year, it's something that has not broken your spirit, but has definitely challenged it. What oh, yeah. g- give us a couple of the biggest, proudest moments, biggest success stories of the last two years since we spoke? You know what, man? Um, that 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 is an interesting one uh, because. Even when it comes down to like bad things that happen, like I'm proud of it all. Um, I'm 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 so proud of it all. I guess I would say you know the opening of the school for the first time, um, and you know just getting testimonials from the parents and things that they were posting online about how their children uh, were changing and things like that. I mean. Um, my son's being able to attend my school. I think that's just the proudest thing. Oh for yeah. Me. You know, to be able to have kids that get to go to their dad's school. I mean, my God, you know, I, I love that. And um, just being able to have a, a full relationship with them because they're here with me all day. Even if I'm working, I'm in my office classrooms right there, you know. So, you know, I, I love that. Um, and, uh, you know, our kids being able to get to travel all over the country for the summertime. Um, I'll never forget uh, X Insurance flew uh, me and the students out to Utah last November, I believe. And um, they flew us on a private jet um, out there. They we skied, we uh, we did tubing. They put us in these two giant nice houses, and they let the boys go to Walmart and get whatever they want with a gold card. I mean, it was we had a blast. And they took them, you know, to the offices and they showed them, you know, everybody there, and they talked about their insurance company. Um, they're like one of the Rolls Royces of insurance. You don't even know they exist because they're that good. Uh, and so they 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 kind of insure like people like Drake's jewelry and their cars and you know rappers and all that stuff. They they're that type of insurance company. Um, but man, so, I mean, I, we've had a many proud moments. Uh, you know, and moments I've had for our students, them graduating from high school. Um, I could go on. And on it's and the on. little it's the little things and the little things they add up and mm-hmm. and the fact that it's consistent. It's a consistent flow. That's just a a giant blessing right there. You know, I, what, what about? Uh, I have a couple more questions about this year. Sure. Um, going back to your acting as a as a counter to the mainstream messaging about manhood, about race, about responsibility, about all that stuff. How do you approach topics related to current events, uh, especially on a civic on a civic level? Like government, how government in America is designed to work you know well especially our constitution for one it's completely misunderstood and once you understand it it really makes most of the government seem illegitimate and all these things Mm -hmm. that that 
that is meant to program people's minds into what to expect from government and what not to expect from yourself and your own efforts, it makes all that go away. I, I just wonder how you approach uh, current events and civics, especially because it is all so deeply interwoven with things that are designed to make your soul feel sick. And um, I, but it's it's necessary to understand how that works against people at the same time. So I, I just wonder. You know, um, we've taken our students, um, you know, many different places, and you know, talking about politics um, is where we lost a lot of uh, fans mm -hmm. um, a while ago when we first started. Um, the reason we lost so many fans is because Donald Trump invited me and my students to the White House back in October 2020. And um, at that time, I was one of those woke, you know, liberal, you know, George Floyd type people um, at that time. And I wouldn't like, you know, radically posting no crazy stuff or whatever. I mean, I would say stuff about white people here and there or whatever. Um, but when we got invited to the White House by Trump, you know, because of something somebody saw on Twitter that we were doing, um, when we actually got to the White House and got to D.C. and the love that we received while we were there was astronomical. Um, I, I, I will say, you know, that the love that we received that day um, when we came from everyone trying to figure out who we are, and what we do and the amount of people that were trying to help our cause who'd never heard of us and things like that. Um, it took that to change my entire outlook on just how the world looked and and then to be able to open my eyes to what's what all is actually happening everywhere people don't realize that social media's algorithms create bubbles mm -hmm. and so when you like something enough times when you look at something long enough or whatever it makes it puts you in this little bubble uh, or a little echo chamber where you only seeing stuff that you agree with and you're only seeing things that you know that you're constantly looking at and the idea is to keep you looking at your your phone because advertisers pay for you to look at your phone that's why the apps are free you're the product so you have to look at your phone for advertisers to make their money because whether you know it or not you do fall for advertising um no matter what whether it's subconscious whatever advertising is important um so looking at that and then also um um, dang, I lost my train of thought. No, I, I was talking about no, no, you, advertising. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. No, no, you, you're going. Yeah, you're going into into how um, how perspective changes once you get outside of Correct. a bubble. Yeah. So we get out. We get in your your social media bubbles, and once you like run into another bubble on social media that's not your bubble, you think these people are crazy. You're like, what's happening over here? Like, what's going on? Like, this is not my echo chamber. And you're trying to, to like your way out of there. Like you're trying to get out of there and blocking those people, whatever. But you don't realize there's so many different things that people think about all over the world. Like there are so many different bubbles. So it's like, now I'm just open to listen to anybody, what anybody has to say and listening to whatever group, um, we're listening to whatever politician, listening to whatever. I don't even care if people hate the group or hate the person. I'm still going to listen to what they have to say. Um, because you know, in the, in the idea of what media does, uh, a friend of mine named Maj, he calls uh, media the most effective devil in America. That's the acronym. But 
um, watching what they do, usually when mass media is attacking something or someone or some group, that's usually something you want to pay some attention to because why do you want me to hate them so bad? You know, yeah. so I, I always look at stuff like that now. So I look at everybody. I pay attention to everybody. I watch different news. Like I don't just watch Fox or watch CNN or I watch everybody's news. What are all y'all talking about? You know, you know, like. So, I remember the last time you came, the, the first and the last time you came on before this, we had ended the show and I said, I, and this is why I said um, current events, it, it's one of those things where, I don't know, yeah, it's uh, everybody has an opinion, but the real question is, wh wh is there any kind of a neutralizing, neutralizing, I don't know, rock of principle that can be latched onto mm -hmm. that, that really just keeps you grounded and whatever. That's why I said... If you ever wanted to, I got to give you her name again, and I can get it all set up. And she lives a lot. She lives in Florida, so and she travels all over the place. Chris Ann Hall, Chris Ann Hall, and her husband JC. They travel all over the all over the country, and they teach children, men, women about the founding and about the Constitution. Not about sure. not about current events, uh, especially when it comes to black founders. You want to talk about hidden history, hidden uh, American figures that nobody talks about for very mm -hmm. politically pointed reasons. Oh, right. man. Oh, I, I got to get you guys linked up. It, 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 she would be a fan favorite of all your students. It, it would be sure. amazing. Just, just shoot me whatever. I mean, I'm down for it. I mean, I'm down for it. I mean, speaking of that, I'm off subject. You have a great setup there. I can't see your setup right here on the on my Zoom, but your oh, setup is amazing. Oh, I love thank it. you. Absolutely. Oh, listen. Anytime, like I said, anytime you're in the New York area, yeah, we'll, we'll set up some kind of a baseball clinic. But then you get to do a show over here in the studio. It's air conditioned. I mean, I'm I'm not even. I've been in New York like maybe three or four times uh, this year already. Um, for oh. different things I've had to go for. So next time I'll remember. Definitely I'll hit you and we could we can come do something. If I you're going to New awesome. York, yeah, for a couple. And I want to take I want to take my son anyway because my son um, he hadn't been on a plane since he was like two, and then my other son hasn't been on a plane at all, and I want to take them somewhere nice and cool like that. So we'll probably fly to New York, and that would be fun. And I'll bring his glove and baseball bat or whatever, and we'll have a blast. They, there's, there's a couple of big uh, baseball teams around here. There's also all the best museums in the world. I mean, the, yes. there's, there's some great <laughs> stuff over. But you know, here, one last question for you. Um, before, aside from where can people go and sign up and help and, and be a part of it, your work has inspired so many people to do similar things. Are there any affiliate schools that you know of for girls? that have popped up, that people, you know, women who have seen what you've done and said, I want to be a mentor for young girls who don't have, who don't have stable female figures in their lives and that want to teach them how to be, how to, how to lay similar roots down for like what you are doing for local boys. Do you know of any um, schools that have popped up that are, that are there to, to help out little girls? You know, I will say maybe not schools, but I will say girls got a thousand programs everywhere. Mm. It's a it's a thousand programs for girls. Now I do plan to in the future create a sister program um, to mirror the extra boys. I do want to uh, find a, a a woman partner to help me um, do that because I think it's counterproductive to you know be creating all these great young men and they don't have nobody to go marry. Um, whether it sounds good enough, good or not. I do believe that though they should at least be paired in the same area, not saying, hey, you go marry this one, you go marry. No, not not nothing like that. But I do want them within the same space, you know, eventually, because we do teach them how to court. We teach them how to date. We teach them, uh, you know, uh, 
table uh, etiquette, etc. You know, uh, d- debutante stuff, whatever. I think all that is important. How to speak to a young lady, opening doors, etc. Yeah. All that is important. But we also want to pair them with young girls that are going to be accepting of that stuff. Um, you know, it's 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 tough. You know, for a, a, a kid you know, raised like I was, you know, in a full family, et cetera, and trying to find a young lady who who is accepting of that type of traditional treatment because they hear the word tradition and they hear control. Right. No, you don't hear how you were treated. You don't hear how a, a man wants to, you know, take care of you and things like that because they the first thing they go to is, oh, well, men back then were doing such and such. Yeah, but most men were taking care of their wives and actually loving them and loving their families. Like, you want to go pick on your grandfather who may have been mean or something like that or whatever, but that's neither here nor there. Most men were actually taking care of their families and loving their wives, et cetera. Sure, there were, you know, men or whatever or women who couldn't get out of their marriages, but end of the day, you know, I think that's something to look at and say that's why marriages were lasting too because people still, they got through the for worst part. Like, they have now where you just got a marriage because you feel like it. Like, nah, like, you got to go through the for worse. You know, because people think it's always going to be for good and for better. You know, no, no, no. The for worse gets real worse. And I mean bad. You know, so like, you have to think about that, you know, in regards to marriage. But I do want to try and get our students paired up with, with you know, two girls that were raised, you know, as they were in the same type of environment, the same type of school, et cetera, and create better families uh, from from that, um, create nuclear families from that and, and watch our communities thrive um, in that way. Because it's, it's going to be hard trying to, you know, again, teach these boys uh, you know, they're all this stuff that they need to be successful and then to either have a woman, you know, like nowadays take advantage of them or break their heart or hurt them or whatever, and then they turn into some type of scrub or whatever like that because of, they didn't have nobody proper to go date or nobody yeah. to help them vent or whatever. So all that is important. Relationship is important because as a man, I think that's that's probably the most important thing you're going to end up doing is what type of woman you choose. And if, if you ain't choosing the type of woman, you choose multiple women and all that is just, it leads to, you know, destruction. So I think the best thing a man can have, you know, is, is a great woman. Um, he can either have the best life or the worst life, but it's all in the type of woman you choose. Oh yeah. Um, I think that is important for those boys to know. You know, I, I, I it's one of those things where I, I look at the internet every once in a while and more often than not, uh, if, I'm, if I'm sifting through YouTube shorts or Instagram reels or anything like that, somebody will share a meme about, you know, uh, you know, uh, life, you know, life in 1930s. And it's always about a guy coming home and he doesn't have any uh, f- food made for him yet. So he beats the hell out of the, the woman. I'm like, this is really the perspective that people thought that, 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 that marriages were like prior right. to prior to, uh, you know, the sexual liberation movement of the 1970s or something this is what a lot of children actually think that if you went into a time machine and you arrived sometime in the 1950s 40s 30s 20s it was just men beating women down in the street and there that's was the, they, they all believe they really believe that they really that's, do that's, that's all they they think about and all they say every time we mention well marriages were lasting or men were taking care of the home well you know, women weren't allowed to leave marriages and blah 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 blah. Just like, uh, uh, I know. Us. Go ask your grandma how happy she was with her grand with your grandfather. I promise you, she's doing fine. She's still doing fine. And then she'd do it all again. You know, if if she had the choice. Um, but you know, that's that's the the nature of the environment we live in now. But yep. But little by little, I don't, I don't subscribe to any of that. I continue 
living how I was raised, and I was raising a full family with grandfathers and uncles and grandmoms and moms and all that. So, <laughs> well, you're doing a great thing, and I I guess the last thing I'll ask is is again for you to go through uh, a what's next for you and how can people help because there's a lot of people who who are going to want to contribute something. Sure. Um, our website is thexforboys.org. I'm not sure if you can put it on the screen, but it's thexforboys.org. It's T-H-E-X-F-O-R-B-O-Y-S.org. Thexforboys.org. You can go there to see all of our photos, our videos, uh, what have you. Everything's there. Um, how to donate, whether that be money or whether you want to write the boys a letter, if you want to send us something, our address is there, um, or if you want to send me an email, etc. Everything's there. Um, on our website um, if you want to reach out to us. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, King, I, I hope that you come back on sometime soon, and you just let me know anytime you're going to be uh, making your way up to New York for business, and, and we'll try to tack a, a little bit more value added onto that. And I will get you the contact of my uh, of my friend, because I think that uh, that that some added, uh, added, added civic history education would be wonderful. I know she'd love to do it, so... Sure, absolutely. Well, I greatly appreciate you for having me on. Thanks so much. All right, man. Have a good one, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace out. Later. All right, everybody. There is King Randall. I knew. I know. I can feel it. I can feel the audience in my bones. I know that you liked it, and I'm happy that you did. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a really quick intermission. When we come back, uh, it's going to be open lines and looking through some of the email from last night. And, yeah. I hope uh, Chris Ann Hall doesn't mind that I just hired her for something, whether she likes it or not. But uh, she knows she knows the world needs her, so <laughs> hopefully she goes. All right, we'll be right back. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Quite frankly. 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 Quite frank
dare you. So I have a couple of things up right now. I'm going to go to your super chats. It's quite frankly superchat.com. There's also the Rumble Rants. I'd love to get some Rumble Rants to read. There is the Gold Pills on quitefrankly.tv powered by Foxhole. And I'll get to those in turn. Uh, there's also the tips on Rockfin too. I keep forgetting about that, but I always check. I always check. All right. Um, I Here's the number tonight it is 914-200-0269 914-200-0269 or 200-0269 now I'm going to be testing out our specialty line tonight and this is specifically and maybe no nothing comes through but either way uh, this is the way I want to start using these lines especially until we are able to work gilded more successfully into the mix but I have set up the Hawaii hotline tonight. If you are from Hawaii, if you have been affected by these fires in Maui, especially, call 914-369-1236. And I want to be able to, so just so that you don't get lost in the mix of general calls that will be coming in, just those from Hawaii that have any kind of insight into the devastation now from the fires over there. That's 914-369-1236. That's the Hawaii hotline tonight. And uh, other, other than that, it's 914-200-0269 for everything else. All right. So here are some of the super chats. And then I'm going to read a couple. I'm going to read an email from response to all the Mike Williams stuff last night. And then we'll just go. Uh, we'll get general calls in the sentinel from theta says great guest with a great cause great content all week look forward to tomorrow it is simply amazing he started this at 21 years old he has belts is he a boxing champ i don't know i should have asked them i should have asked him uh it, he was younger than 21 i'm pretty sure i think he was 19 when he started this i think he was 19 when he started this so he's even younger. Got to give him a lot more credit than that. Thank you, Sentinels. Great to have you out there. On the Rumble, we've got Astro Emmy. He says, hey, Frank, your analogy of the deep state being molesters who want to be alone with their victims on taking it back was brilliant. I'm glad. I'm glad. I know it is a provocative and unsettling analogy, but it it's it's... It's exactly what's happening. They're rapists. And I've said it to a certain degree on this show before, too. But um, I'm glad that, that that struck a chord with you. 914-200-0269. Chatty KC says, thanks for keeping us in the know. This is on on Foxhole. Robert Sarns, thank you. Sean Joe. Alan Wrench with a bunch of cookies. Chai Possum says, that's all I've got. Oh, don't, don't despair. You've done so much for the show, Chai Possum. You and everybody else over there, thank you. Especially the gold pills. Those go directly to network budgets, and then all the spillover goes to more production needs. It, it really is. It means the world. 
Paulie9363 says, great guest. Yes, I agree. And then thank you, Stacks, for the cookie. All right, one email over here from last night, then I'll take some calls. 914-200-0269 for the hell of it. Let me see here. I also have the also have the gilded up and ready so you can jump into that as well this is from cone and cone is from overseas he says a quick thought my quick thought on last night frank as long as we are aware we most certainly are of the possibility of sinister origins or purposes that that is with bands with movies with everything then we will be immune to it it creates a defense shield for your soul that thereafter there's no harm in enjoying a Beatles song that's my thinking we have the armor of God uh, wonky put together uh, wonky wonkily put together but whatever take care my friend Cohen I agree I mean I still love the Beatles and as I said last night um, they wrote a lot of forgettable songs too I mean, when was the last time you put on uh, Blue Jay Way to to, to, to rock out? You know, or uh, what is it, Piggies, Little Piggies? Or there's so many things that I'll I'll put on Maxwell Silver Hammer for a few time, few times. In fact, when Maxwell, um, when Ghislaine Maxwell was officially arrested in New Hampshire, or whatever, I think I titled the. The episode Maxwell's Silver Slammer. I think I did. If I didn't, I'm an idiot. Because I should have. That would have made me famous. Okay, here's one more. Actually, no, let's take a call first. Uh, 269, you're on the air. Who's this? 269? 269? Hello? Yes, go ahead, 269. Hey, this is uh, Kevin from... uh I'm calling from California. Great to have you Actually, on. Actually, um, you know, I really have a humble request. Um, I'm a disabled vet, and um, I actually I, I feel like I inspired to do something really important, and that's to like protect the rainforest. And the thing is, is I don't really understand the internet and, and technology that well. But I've got this website, and I see, just just stay with me for a minute. What I see is it should be as easy to protect the rainforest as it is to order something off of Amazon. And, and what I see is I see, I see this app, and I see this, I see this website, and, and it's a community, okay? And it's an action place, right? It's ACE. It's action, community, and education, okay? And and it's education on all levels so that people can come in there like kids and they can just start learning about, about what the Amazon is and what those plants and animals and things mean to everybody. And then, and then if somebody wants to really, like, go deep, they can actually, like, click on onto like the latest research but but most importantly the thing is it has to be like a simple thing right like i just got an email today okay okay from, all right all right well okay let's see let's, something that's a hey hey 
Hey, uh, hey, do you, do you hear me? I'm involved in. Do you hear me at all? It was this email about buying things. Do you hear me at all? It was like four or five links. Do you email. do you hear it was my like voice? Now. And I could click in that email. I wonder if he hears me at all. He's probably still talking. Something when they thought, there he is. What I'm gonna have? Hello. Is like. Okay, so he's talking to himself. What are you guys doing? What are you guys eating for dinner tonight? Oh, let's go check up on this guy again. What's that? Hello? Yeah. Well, that was very, oh. that was very, very, uh, you, you, you come up with a great idea. I hope that you're able to achieve that dream, my friend. And thank you for so well, much. Well, can, can I say, can I say the URL? No, no. I think I, think I need we, help. You, if anybody out there, uh, URL is I need help.com and you can find our friend there. He's, he'll be looking for help. You can get on the phone with him, and he'll he'll talk to you all night about the help he needs. All right. <laughs> Here's another email from last night's show. <laughs> Here's another email from last night's show. This is from Ken McNeil. And Ken said this, Frank, a great show and very interesting to say the least. Personally, I believe the Beatles wrote all of their stuff, and George Martin helped immensely with arrangements and maybe even lyrics and melody. My reasoning is that there are many bands from my teen years who had similar amazing and prolific artistic growth in a similarly short time, and certainly did not have the machine behind them uh, to the degree that, that, the, that the Beatles had. A good example is Jethro Tull from 1968 to 72. Yes, them again. They go from a basic blues-based debut album in 1968 called This Was to Thick as a Brick in 1972, which is an epic parody of concept albums that is musically astonishing for such a young band. The albums between Stand Up in 1969, Benefit in 1970, and Aqualung in 1971. Aqualung change and improve drastically drastically almost otherworldly as well since you are a talented musician frank i highly recommend going through at least part of each one of those recordings forget about their later offerings many disappointments abound there are at least five to ten other bands i know of who had similar artistic acceleration i'm certainly not a beatles worshiper frank though i loved the experience of being eight years old and seeing them go from ed sullivan to revolver and tarnishing of their images for any tarnishing of their image for me started after that album. That being said, I believe they wrote it all for the most part. Just an opinion, of course. Love you and God bless to you and your family. Your show continues to hit on all cylinders. Ken McNeil. You know, I said uh, the timelines, the acceleration is a very good point, and it has come up many times, probably with you guys and gals and your friends too, if you ever had an in-depth music conversation just as fans or with fellow musicians whatever but that is one of the more curious things about the Beatles massive massive output in just six years really from 60 I mean 63 to 6 to uh, to 70 six to seven years massive output but I always thought that it was really interesting to see I want to hold your hand to Eleanor Rigby in like three and a half years. That's some wonderful acceleration too. And is that because of undue influence from Tavistock Institute? Or is that just four guys who are 
always writing music, evolving together. Ev- musical evolutions can come together pretty quick. Um, you never know. Uh, okay, let's see here. Take another call. 914-200-0269. 914-200. Let's go. 401, you're on the air. Okay. Breathing. 914-200-0269. And let's go. Uh, and also, remember, the hotline is open. All right. Hello. You're on the air. Hey, Frank. Yes, who's this? Hey, it's uh, Islander, man. It's Islander? Also of that. Also of that. Also in California. And that stupid ass who called in earlier can go ahead and kick rocks. Stop being a fucking asshole calling the show, stupid fucker. Wait, who's this Sorry, again? <laughs> who's this again? It's Islander, man. I'm Isl- the dude who called in with the fucking fruit bats and all that shit when it comes Oh, out. oh, yes. Yeah, no, and, and didn't you also have a, a, a um, didn't you also have an experience, wait, did you, didn't you also have an experience with, oh, hold uh, up, the, hold up. let me get you off, oh, I'm sorry about the speakerphone, bro, okay. I, I was just, I, I was just dialing, I didn't, Di- I, I, listen, 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 didn't you also have the experience with bioluminescent, um, uh, yeah. shoreline, uh, you're talking about the blue shoreline? Okay, it's great to hear from you again. You've been calling in every so often for years now. What do you have in mind tonight? Well, I've been a lurker for a while. I'm watching a show, and that that tool taster, like you know, called in. Hey, I'm a, I'm a, you know, okay. California I... want to save the rainforest, bro. I'm from the fucking islands. We take care of ours. People who take care of their fucking land, who live there, actually take care of it. All these fucking rich pricks, like you know, go ahead and fucking make noise, fucking say, hey, guess what? Hey, let's save this, let's save this. And it's all, and you know as well as I do, it's all fucking bullshit. So they can go ahead and save the climate by stuffing their fucking pocket. Well, you know, well, Islander, Islander, well, I would have to say that the call itself, the call itself was bullshit. So I don't think he was actually trying to raise money at all. But let me ask you something. Are you still on the, are you still, are you on an island right now? Do you live in a... My wife is stationed over here in, in, in California. And in a month, I'm going back to the islands. Thank God. Which island? Uh, I'm from Palau. Okay. Uh, but uh, we're going back to. We're probably going to set up uh, over there in Guam. Okay. A bit, you know, and then go back home maybe. So, do you know anybody? People, anybody directly who's been affected by what's going on in uh, Maui right now? Well, not not directly, but you know. Uh, I got watching different shows like Amy and the Andy Bubatai show. Uh-huh. What's up, gang? But uh, Andy Bubatai, like you know, he put on a good show. Like you know, uh, was uh, calling for hey, like you know, can like you know, send some money and they help the people out. But you know, you know, it's all if you can, right? But like you know, what you can afford is at tough times. So. Okay. Well, listen. I hope everything goes well, and thank you for doing the PSA against all of the uh, the rainforest uh, grifters out there. And I hope that everything's well with you and your wife. Have a good one, Islander. Always calls in at the right time. All right. Let's go to another email here about last night's show because I knew that there would be inspiring a lot of thoughts. Here we go. Um, this one is from Dwayne. This one is from Dwayne. Hi, Frank. I just listened to last night's show, and I wanted to say good job. You asked whether knowing more about the Beatles' darker side, 
or alleged darker side, has affected enjoying their music. Well, they were a huge influence on me from my mid-teens to about a decade ago when I started learning a lot more about their occult connections with Aleister Crowley. In my younger days, I always laughed off conservative Christian accusations of devil music, but when I learned the Beatles were actually deep into the occult, and were plenty of evidence to this, I felt duped, for one thing, and then really put off by them. I still like some of the music, but I do keep them at arm's length now. Same with Led Zeppelin, Bowie, just about all classic rock music since the 1960s. I just listened to Zeppelin's The Rain Song the other night as uh, after a rainy day. It's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. However, I may be paranoid, but I can't help but wonder what kind of spells or black magic Jimmy Page worked into it somehow it, with his sorcerer's hat on. So I doubt I'll be listening to it again for a while. I'm not interested in even the possibility of inviting that crap into my life. Uh, to close with, I like Mike Williams, but I think he relies way too heavily on the memoirs of Billy Shears and Tavistock's alleged hand in all of this, in my opinion. But what do I know when he starts going into those two things? He may know what he's talking about, but those angles just don't ring true to me. I think it was a devil's cauldron. Uh, a devil's cauldron of various influences bubbling up in England and Southern California in the 60s and 70s, from Crowley to the Process Church and the revival of witchcraft to Satanism and probably mind control psyops tossed in, like that book claims about Manson. What a bunch of rich young uh, dilettantes got swept uh, swept up in and were all dealing with the karmic consequences of it. Either way, it's a weird, weird world, isn't it? Dwayne. That's a very thoughtful response. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Didn't get into Helter Skelter, which essentially was one of the birthplaces of heavy metal. A lot of things were getting heavier at the time. And, I mean, the, listen, the, the, the end of Helter Skelter, if you don't hear Black Sabbath, come on. That is, that's Black Sabbath at the end of Helter Skelter. The, the outro, big time. All right, let's take a call. 910, you're on the air. Go ahead. What's up, Frankly? This is John B. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right, John. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, man, I've been listening to you for a little while, me and my wife, uh, Ray. So we kind of jumped in, and we got on Frankly TV and uh, checking that out. But, man, I just wanted to call in and let you know you're, you're entertainment for us uh, every night. We catch our news with you. But I hear you talking about the mind control and some of that. Some of that craziness that's going on, I just had my uh, wife check out uh, JCP, I guess you call it, just uh, something or another online, and it's pretty wild. There's three parts to it. What, what, uh, are you aware of those? What is it? It's called just the TIP, okay. and there's part one, two, and three. Okay, I don't know about it. Oh, okay. You should check those out. They're really hard to watch, man. Um but but it gave me a new fire for life. It to, I told my wife, I've always been a one person, a one, not a one person, but a single issue voter. And uh, without bringing politics into this, man, I, I believe in, in saving the rainforest along with saving the next generation coming up. Uh, you know, I was given a chance. I have an older sister out there that uh, I don't know, and she was given a chance through adoption. I got four younger brothers and sisters. Um, and we all had a chance. And so I believe that, you know, my little my little girl, man, she's 14. She needs a chance to have some friends in her life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I we've think been putting them down. 
I've been th- thinking about that. Yeah, I think about I think about it a lot, and uh, that's why the nights like tonight, I'm really happy that we're able to spend it with with great guests like like uh, Ra- uh, King Randall, who is. Uh, I mean, th- that is really that's really where we're going to be able to to have greater afford ourselves the ability to have greater hope in yes. what the future is is going to bring because yes. we need we need to we need some you say cultural enrichment well we need to enrich the soul again and to awaken the mind and 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 and, and i don't know we just be able to attract ourselves um some good company again because it's just yeah they 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 want us in a dead inert place so that all those voids all those voids can be filled with everything else i hope you and your wife have a good night tonight thank you for watching absolutely frankly thank you man and yeah you're right we need a place to communicate you know where friends neighbors can eat and and spend some time and everybody has a chance to talk man i appreciate your time with me have a great night frankly we'll be watching you got it thank you sir throw yourself a nice block party and cook for everybody in the in the the audience the, oh, the audience in the neighborhood. All right, let's go. Uh, 250, you're on the air. Who dis? Hi there, this is Troy from Canada. Hey, Troy, welcome. I'm, I'm up on Vancouver Island here. And, uh, the, that fellow you just had on there was just fantastic. You know, I had a little bit of problem when I was going to school. I didn't quite fit into the curriculum, and you start thinking you're not too smart. And that, and, uh, we had a program up here where they would uh, take students that were a little bit different and you would go at your own pace. So I was in grade nine and I was uh, struggling. I'd done it twice and I was looking at going to grade nine my third time. I went to the school and you went at your own pace. I found this like the the classroom very boring and uh, they gave us the books and they said, when you're finished the books, you're finished. We did schoolwork in the morning. In the afternoon, we would do community work and sports and stuff like that. We had two two men for uh, 12 kids, and uh, they were very hands-on. I did two years and five and a half months. Wow. So am I slow or am I fast? But it's just uh, how anybody can learn in those schools, I don't know, you know. It's, I just don't know. Yeah. You know, when he's talking about, uh, when, when King is talking about taking on boys who are enrolled in local schools and they don't know how to read or write. Now, I know that writing, uh, even for affluent children, um, yeah. children from affluent parts of any state or whatever the hell it is, uh, the, the writing, handwriting, uh, penmanship, that it, it's really fallen to the wayside for the, for the exact same reason that King put out there. Everything... Yeah is being done on phone everything's being done on laptop and tablets inside the the inside of the uh the 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 classroom so nobody's learning the art of letter writing anymore they're not putting pen to paper they're definitely not learning cursive but when you think about children not being able to read you wonder what the hell i understand that some districts are a little bit more disadvantaged. I don't know what they're disadvantaged in. Everybody gets the same money, and we only keep getting pumping more money into these districts. But why the hell are they not able to read? Well, I don't know. There's there's so many things that are deficient here in our approach, Troy. And I think that you um, you bring a little bit of that into focus here. There is just no good, innovative, and simple 
ways of going about getting people wanting to to or, or getting people to to really experience new things and, and holding on to new skills it's it's uh it's it's really shitty approach well luckily i was born i'm 60 now so i was born way before all this internet and stuff we had three channels on our tv so reading was an escape for me and i've just read and read i mean i've learned way more in my life than I ever would have learned at school. And you get this, and I always had that feeling in me that the people running the show were a lot smarter than me. Yeah, you know? No. And of course, back then in the 60s and 70s, there were brilliant people back then. Just the way they talked. Like, nobody talks like that anymore. But I start looking around today and I go, you know, this show is run by idiots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to qualify for things, it's like, you have this position, and and I'm probably smarter than you. I'm like, I don't consider myself highly intelligent or anything. I, but I'm not stupid. Well, and, and I'm up here. In, you can tell Troy in Canada, and I'm telling you, the show's over here, right? Like, I mean, it's it's nuts up here, man. Like, wow. I, I feel nervous even making phone calls, right? So, well, Troy, thank you for the call. It's what you know what it comes down to when you are when the subject matter is not very hard anymore not that reading writing and arithmetic isn't as hard or as challenging especially depending on what language you're trying to read write and in in, in, with but um we know that that's not the focus of modern western education you're going to get very specific things they're going to check certain boxes but it's really all about activism it's really all about subjective thinking about identity and very politically driven stuff it's uh, th- that's really what it is. advancement is something that is just moved along and um because nobody could be held back just like nobody could be held on bail i mean it just it doesn't mean it's just the same thing so uh, a- as far as the the um the requirements to be someone who is in a classroom conducting those kinds of lessons uh yeah you're not dealing with top brass intellects uh, even if you were suspicious of the people who were teaching you decades ago no doubt about it the average intellect of uh, of a teacher in the west has declined big time and and as far as why i mean the, the headlines tell you exactly why especially if you're over here in new york they have been not just lowering standards for teachers they've been eliminating standards for teachers the only qualifier sometimes is 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 whether or not your skin color uh can 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 match the student body to at least a couple of shades within a perfect match that's all it is how perfectly does your skin match your student body so what the hell what do you think you're going to get um let's see here get a little bit more little bit more uh okay here's another email for you from last night from last night this is from who the hell is it dave dave says frank there's a reason why somebody your age and somebody my age loves their music it's really good that's why i hope your parents are not upset too much about last night's show and are able to talk to you about this subject i lived through the period when they were releasing songs at uh, the beatles 
Too young to remember Ed Sullivan, though, and the truth does not diminish the music, in my honest opinion. So discussion with people who lived through it would be good. This could be very long email indeed because it's about the greatest rock band of all time. That's subjective. People in the chat room would reject that out of hand. Um, I wouldn't call them the greatest rock band of all time, but they're, they're, they're up there. Uh, a, a phenomenon, no doubt about it. But I will be brief. Some questions for next time William is on. Number one, what was the point of the Beatles with respect to the Stones and the plan of the people running these psyops? Which Beatle was at the orgy the Stones got busted at in 1960s? Oh, I gotta, I, I gotta write these down. What about Pete Best? Was he offered the Faustian bargain or just cut to make room for Ringo, the stealth handler? And how about George? He was always depicted as being a distant third to Lennon and McCarthy, McCartney, but he was there at the beginning, so he had to be in on the thing some way, or at least his suspicions had to be raised at some point. It seems that by 1970 they had accomplished enough of what the planners envisioned and needed to be disbanded before the lid got blown off. There are clues in comparison of their solo works against that of the Beatles. Dave. Well... I mean, the solo work is pretty prolific as well. You think about what Paul McCartney did, Eagles and, and all that, and John Lennon, of course, always was working. Um, but Yoko was right behind him. As far as McCartney goes, he's not even McCartney. He's Billy Shears looking for some validation. Um, now, here's another one from Mike Murda. He gets right to the point. He said, Frank... I don't think your band could replace you with an exact look-alike whose voice sounds like yours and plays drums exactly like you do. McCartney is one of the most talented artists of the 20th century. Great bass player, songwriter, musician, personality. This is true both before 1967 and after. P.S. They even somehow managed to find a left-handed bass player who looks, sounds, plays bass, and writes songs exactly as well as McCartney. PPS, yes, three songwriters. Three songwriters could write 70 or 80 songs from 1962 to 1970. Lennon wrote and recorded about that many songs independently from 1970 to 1980, and he even had semi-retired for a couple of years. Anyway... Just my two cents. Mike Murda. Duh. These are great. Listen, these are great, great points. I wonder what Mike Williams would say. And we definitely have to have a round two. Because once we get all of that into one, one anthology of conversations, then I want to move on to other things. Because Mike does a lot more work outside of that. In fact, some people who knew Mike before I knew him said that the Beatles conspiracy is not anywhere near the more compelling pieces of work that Mike has done. So we'll have some fun with that some of the time. All right, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we'll take some more of your calls. I still have the Hawaii hotline open. I saw somebody call in, but then they stopped. So maybe they'll try again right after this. Don't go anywhere. Uh, what are you doing? You're not actually going into an asteroid field. They'd be crazy to follow us, wouldn't they? You don't have to do this to impress me. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. You're listening. 
feel like somebody stuck a big club up my ass, and it hurts. I've got to figure out a way to get it out of there. Had it, friend. You looking for a message board? Go to quitefrankly.tv and enter the forum. Engage with official show topic threads or start your own thread. Get signed up. It's that easy. And it's not Reddit, so don't sweat it. For the forum and then so much more, it's quitefrankly.tv. Yeehaw. second let's let's see here we got a uh we got a caller on the line right now and that is on the hawaii hotline who do we have here caller hello my dear it's me amoeba how I'm are you big island right now it's good to have you on what do you got for us so now are you are you uh well i, I see the area code so you're out there right now yes okay so so yes, so do you have any um First of all, are you okay? Are you on? Are you on the island of Maui, or, or or do you know people there? What can you give the audience or somebody who's actually in that part of the world right now? Well, uh, remain clam. I mean, calm. Um, also, I'm not on the affected island. Okay. Um, but we have some fires raging on the west side of the island. It's it's pretty calm right now. You know the the big kicker for that wildfire was a hurricane that was blowing to the south, and it sucked all the moisture, and it just it just created such a dry environment. It just fueled some tiny spark probably, and it just raged out of control. Super sad. It's, uh, you know, we never hear about we never hear about dry the, the dry seasons. We never hear about wildfires in Hawaii. A lot of the news that happens in Hawaii is very very rarely gets over here to the mainland, unless there's a a, yeah, bi- a big yeah. volcanic uh, a volcanic um, eruption or something like that that is uh, bigger than normal. So, uh, but but of course that has not stopped people from theorizing about hey. Is this some kind of uh, directed energy? Uh, we we learn of you know those those green lasers that we heard coming down right. and, and painting the uh, the landscape over here in in uh, Hawaii a couple of months ago. Uh, it, yeah, that was strange. Um, but you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of astronomers on this island and Maui that they use all kinds of technology. Mm-hmm. Who can say? Maybe it was uh, maybe it was foreign technology. Okay. But who knows? Um, I don't think it was a directed energy, even though I am kind of hip to that. It's just, it was so dry. Um, Tuesday afternoon, the whole island over here was just shrouded in this brown smoke, and it's a pretty big island. The The winds weren't were pumping, but it wasn't hardly enough to, like, blow all the smoke away. It was just swirling, just... And that and Dang that's it. and that's from fires that are on the far side of the island you're on, or that's that is smoke that is being brought over from Maui. That's probably smoke from our island on the west side, and also from Maui. Okay. Because when we have a volcanic eruption here, the whole island chain gets inundated with fog, which is 
like volcanic smoke gotcha. that goes and wafts down the island chain. So we're all like connected, even though we're we're disconnected from each other. It's just as crazy being here that the weather can turn on a dime. Well, I'm glad yeah. you. I'm glad you called. And I'm yeah. glad that you're all right and uh, that you're in, you're in, uh, you're safe. I know that that at least 36 people have been have been reported dead now over there in Maui it's and so sad. and a lot of a lot of really really remarkable looking countryside has been laid to waste. But uh, from your assessment, you say that this is just a a series of unfortunate events that seem to be natural. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Uh, I'm glad that we got at least one in before the end of the night. Yeah, I'm glad, too. I'm surprised nobody else called in. But, hey, I'm out here. All and right. And I'm listening to your show. Great guest. I really was inspired. He has such a, a great energy, good personality. Yes, he does. And I'm, and I'm glad you liked. Thank you for so much for calling in. Thanks, Frank. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great night. Well, I know that we have quite a few people who watch from Hawaii. I just don't know how many people watch live. And it's a little bit easier for them to watch than, say, somebody in Europe, which is, you know, the dead of night, early morning. And uh, in Hawaii, it is, I think, well, what, they're six hours behind. So that's like 2.50 in the afternoon. A little bit easier. Just like it's a little bit easier for people in Australia to watch this because it's early in the, you know, later in the morning. So, But, um... But, yeah, I'm glad we got at least uh, one person to call in because I was wondering. All right. Hawaii Hotline is still open if you want, but we only got a couple of minutes left. And, oh, I got to say something. I had a – I found – because we're doing the, the book club and we're talking about the World's Fair and we got all this stuff going on, um, I went to look around and I said, there's got to be something else. Why is it that there is nothing – this 1893 World's Fair is so important on so many levels. And if you're reading along with us for Book Club right now, you're realizing how important it was. I mean, it is a, a book that is chock full of did-you-know moments and dots connected in places you didn't even know that there was a connection. It's just really incredible. And um, I'm saying to myself, well, why the hell? If you go to Google or anything else and you type in 1893 World's Fair, you're going to get maybe three or four of the very same pictures over and over again. You would think that this mar- this magical, this magical feat that had been uh, accomplished, this, this, it was completely like nobody photographed it. Why is there so little about it? Well, there's not. Now, when we were reading along, I'm just throwing this out there because we found a little something. When we were reading along in the, the chapters that we had set aside for, for session two, uh, toward the end of the pages, I picked up a name, Charles Dudley Arnold, okay, who was hired by Daniel Burnham to photograph everything at the, at the fair, 1893 in Chicago. I said, Charles Dudley Arnold, huh? Photographer, architectural photographer who was hired there. I said, okay, well, I'm going to go search that name, and I want to figure out where the hell all the pictures were, because I'm sure he wasn't hired to take four damn pictures, the same four pictures that you find all over the place. That one beautifully cozy, illuminated shot at night, and, you know, the lagoon, a little bit of the liberal arts building, things like that. There's got to be more here. 
So I went to, and I found a link at the Chicago Public Library, and I brought this up last night during the session that we had with Lindsay Sharman, and I found C.D. Arnold Photographic Collection, Chicago Public Library. The abstract, here's the um, visual record of 1893 World Columbian Exposition. It's 400 years since Columbus discovered America. Photographed by uh, official fair photographer C.D. Arnold, documents construction of the fair, interiors, exteriors of the major building. Arnold also made general views of the exposition. I said, really? Well, it has to be more than that. The scope and the contents. This is the big one right here. The World Columbian Exposition C.D. Arnold Photographic Collection consists of 12 volumes with more than 1,000 platinum prints. There are photographs of the main exposition buildings, the state and international buildings and structures on the Midway, uh, the Midway Plaisance, and the Wooded Island that we've all been talking about. That's uh, Frederick Olmsted's Wooded Island as well as the fountains, the statuary, and other features on the fairgrounds, while the majority of the plates present a formal picture of the grandeur of the exposition. A number of the photographs provide a record of Jackson Park being dredged, the buildings under construction, and the grounds being designed. I, I said, oh my gosh. Twelve volumes and more than a thousand prints. And here they all are. Chicago Public Library, box, volume, everything from the lagoon, the women's building, electricity building, everything. There's so much here. There's so much that is available that people would want to see that if you didn't know, if you didn't know, if you didn't dig or if you didn't learn of people like, uh, if you didn't learn uh, about people like, um, you know, C.D. Arnold over here, you wouldn't be digging into this. There is so much out there, and we found something else. We went to archive.com, and there is a um, there's a book. We're going to be doing a little bit of this. We're going to do a little show and tell on on session three of the of the book club now because we found something that opens up already. I think close to a hundred more pictures than you'd ever find on the internet, and I just hope that anybody out there in the Chicago area. If you can go to the Chicago Public Library or make a call, just inquire about whether or not you can gain access to a viewing room and look through any of these things, I would love to see what you come up with. Seriously. Because this is, in particular, 1893, we are talking about magic. We're talking about straight-up magic. The things that were happening there, and if you're reading along, you know some of those things we're talking about. But I just wanted to bring that up as a little bit of a um, as a show-and-tell item on the Thursday night show. That's it. Let me go into the Super Chats, make sure I didn't miss anybody. Thank you so much to Sean Joe. Kay Landry said, someone hit bingo with that hang-up. Did someone hit bingo? Let me see. Did someone hit bingo? Let me go. Hold on. Uh, did anybody hit bingo in... Gilded? I don't think so. I don't, I didn't get anybody tag me. Usually I get tagged if somebody hit bingo. But the hang up is definitely a a box that was checked tonight that we haven't done in a while. It's just, you know, I understand. Some people want to be funny. Just get to the fucking point. You know, you lost you lose you lost everyone. 
You lost everybody. Um, nope. I guess that's not. Nothing happened. No bingo. Sorry. All right. Over on Super Chat. Quite frankly, quite frankly Super Chat. Excellent guest tonight, Frank. That is from Stostube. I appreciate you very much. And on Rumble. On Rumble, we got a rant over here. A ridiculous, a ridiculously generous one by Red Dragonfly 222. I haven't seen Red Dragonfly in a while, and every once in a while they drop a super chat, a rumble rant that crushes me with kindness, and I don't even know what to say anymore. Frank, this is the Cove channel from YouTube. Thank you for having Mr. King on tonight. Bless your family and loved ones in Yeshua. Hey, Red Dragon, if you would please email the show. I'd like to thank you. I'd like to send you a, a postcard or something um, email the show, please. I would love to hear from you. Uh, just thank you for that. Things like that really make um, make a big difference over here. A lot of things that we're trying to do, and uh, and, and that that does a, a lot to 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 move it forward. Nine two five Wild G says Frank, what chapter? What chapter? What? What chapter of what? I don't know. I don't know. I'm th I'm thinking. You mean what? What chapter did they mention? Uh, the photographer? I think it was toward the end. So, um, anyway, that's all I have for you tonight. It's going to be a fun one tomorrow night for Friday. We'll have Matt in here. I'll have Tony in here, Tony Black. Uh, my mom will probably be tagging along with Tony, and that'll be fun. We'll do the first hour with them, and then Matt and I will make fools of ourselves for the last hour. Don't miss it, because I've got a lot of things I've got to present to Matt. We have some really funny, interesting stories and headlines to do, and uh, it'll inspire a lot of calls, a lot of jokes. And that'll be it for the week. Book Club. Oh, 925 Wild G says, what chapter? Well, I don't know what chapter for Book Club you're talking about. We covered a lot of chapters the last, um, the last, we, I think we're on page 160 right now. We're going from 160 to 75 pages forward. I forget. I forget. Anyway, all the chapter assignments and all the pages are in, are in the, the headers of all of the forum the forum threads that we, we publish alongside of each session. So you can go check out there, and if you have any other questions, you can always just ask me on Gilded or send me an email. I appreciate you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back tomorrow. Thank you again to King Randall for coming on and hanging out with us. Very inspiring evening. Tomorrow, more of the same, I am sure. Good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super duper chatters. Starting on quitefranklysuperchat.com, Stostube, and the Sentinel from Theta. Thank you to our friends on Rumble925, Wild G. Always great to see him pop up. Thank you to Red Dragon. To Red Dragon Fly, Red Dragon Fly, 222. And to start it all off tonight, Astro Emmy. 
You guys and gals are really nice to me, and I'm releasing the scratching on you on uh, Foxhole. That's it for tonight. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and I'll check you out in the chat room afterwards on QuiteFrankly.tv. Become a sponsor of the show. doesn't matter how little. It makes a huge difference, and the future gets brighter and brighter with each one of you signing on as a new boss. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 B